So those those huge uh, brine pools that you see, if you ever look at uh, you know photos of a fracking operation, those huge pools that you see, they just basically put a facility next to it and then they pump the water through it, and uh, they they extract the lithium directly from that from that solution. Um, it's taken a really really long time for some reason to perfect the filtration method and make it economical, but they're doing it now at like three to four thousand dollars a ton. And so lithium, even though prices have collapsed, even you know they're down to like nineteen, twenty thousand dollars a ton now, it's still hugely profitable to to do direct lithium extraction, right. and it gives pretty much any oil and gas company sort of an immediate uh, sort of side hustle. You know, like they can they can put one of these facilities on any of their oil and gas producing properties, and boom, you know, suddenly they're making lithium. All right, welcome to the Angel Research Podcast. My name is Jason Freert. I am here today with Alex Koifman. I've been looking forward to getting you back on the on the podcast. Welcome, Alex. <clears throat> happy to be here. I'm sure you are. You look very happy to be here. So uh, before we get into some other stuff, we got to talk about Bitcoin ETFs, right? Uh-huh. Have you followed this at all? Are you are you a Bitcoiner? Are you a crypto guy? Uh, I mean, I, I've been kind of bitten by that whole market a, a couple times too many, and so you buy some shit coins. Uh, I, I've done that, but you know, I've bought bought some mainstream ones also, and I don't think it's my cup of tea. Um, I know that things are coming back, and now we're thoroughly out of like the you know, the mania phase of the market, which I think really the last ten years probably, well, close right. to already ten years has right. been. And it's getting to the point where, you know, it's been mainstream for long enough that, you know, we probably are going to start seeing, you know, the true, the true long-term rise of this market. But no, I'm not, uh, I, I, I myself do not participate. You're not participating. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, right before we got on here, I think it was at 48,000. So yesterday they officially approved, I think about 10 or 11 Bitcoin ETFs. Um, I think some of which were like so are Black you getting Rock. in? Are you getting in? I, I mean, I've been in. So are you getting? Are you getting in more? I'm. I'm. No, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. So, yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I think we'll probably hit all, new all-time highs probably by the end of the summer, probably. Um, but it also has to do with the hat that the happening, which is you know I think in April and election year, like a lot of. It just tends to go into that trend. So, and then there'll be a bunch of scammers that so come out. It's basically out. a split, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. Educate me. Why don't you educate? E- educate. Me? You. Yeah. So, so the difficulty is, and and maybe we'll talk about mining later. But the difficulty of mining a Bitcoin is going to be cut in half in April. Okay. Something. So that's how they're going to solve that problem. Uh, like the exponential rise in energy consumption. Right. Well. It'll it'll take more energy to mine a Bitcoin, but because of the demand in it, more people are mining, so the competition is there. It's a it's a self sort of actualization, you know. It's a it's a it's pure economics. Another bubble. Yeah, it's it's very possible. So, um, but it is news, and I I've been liking to start out the the um, the episode addressing some of the getting everybody's opinion on the latest news um, uh, I in mean, the market. I, so. I, I view it, uh, you know, again, as a total layman. I, 
I view it with skepticism because I don't understand it well enough. Yeah. And I honestly don't know if I've met too many people that do understand it well enough to make me confident in any of their opinions either. And so I've heard plenty of – it's just it's gone every every way. It's gone every way since the beginning of the whole thing. So um, I don't know. Um, I'm probably not going to risk anything yeah. on it. I think that's so. I think that's a fair assessment. And I think that's uh, how most investments should probably be, right? Like, don't just throw money into an investment without knowing some somewhat about it. The yeah. biggest reason people give me for investing in crypto is that it's going up. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. You know, you should be selling. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. But um, you know the the hype the hype factor these days is uh, playing a larger and larger role in the valuation of any asset. Uh, and I think you'll agree. So right. whether it's real estate or something digital, the hype factor plays such a big role that maybe that is, you know. Well, the, the FOMO, right? Sure. Fear of missing out. Yeah. So you hear about it or read about it on the internet and you know somebody that invested in it and made a lot of money and then all of a sudden right. you're like, I want to do that. every minute. To I want to do that. It. Yeah. And you feel like a an idiot for missing out, or you missed out the first time, and you're like, I'm not going to miss out yeah. this time. I remember back, it was, was it like 2017, um, back in the old office. Yeah. And we had uh, we had a, a developer in the office who bought Ethereum at like 30 bucks. Yeah. And he bought a lot of it, and then, uh, I remember the feel the FOMA then, just watching and calculating in my head what this kid is going to walk away with, and I was just like, fuck me. You know, and then I thought I missed out then. That was, you know, seven years ago now almost. So, right. Um, yeah, I'm going to uh, I've gotten older and wiser, I think. And uh, I'm just going to stick to things that I do understand. At least I got a little you. Tiny bit. Well, let's talk about things you do understand then. OK. Um, first, it's a new year. D- did we uh, did we wash our hands of any investments uh, for 2023 kind of? You know, twenty. The end of the year is a big, what they call tax loss selling. Sure. You get rid of your losers, so yeah. you can write those off, and you and you potentially let the winners ride. Were there were there any investments uh, sectors that you sort of threw in the towel on, or just <clears throat> took your gains, and you're like, okay, I'll revisit that later. Um, let me think. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, if we're taking huge losses. Um, I think that there was a... <laughs> we'll start with your losses, then we'll get to your yeah, winners. Yeah, I, I think that uh, there was um, a plant-based protein play that we had to let go. There yeah. might have been a psychedelic play from uh, way back when that we had to let go. Um, these are companies that were sort of long shots to begin with, and... Uh, you know, some do rise uh, and, you know, are kind of they use the, the tide of the market as well as uh, something, uh, some kind of actual legitimate, uh, some legitimacy um, and some fail. Um, and so, yeah, psychedelics, uh, we may have had a copper mining play that I had to let go of. Um, so, uh, yeah. It's the time to do it. It's a yeah. new year. Yeah. New yeah. portfolio. And we're not going to rebuy or anything like that. Uh, right. So you know the tax wash uh, rule also. What's that? If you rebuy in the first 30 days after the new year, uh, then uh, everything you're basically you're not going to take the the tax loss. Uh, they're gonna the IRS is going to sniff you out, and uh, 
Really? Yeah, you have to you have to you have to uh, keep it sold for at least thirty days. Okay, I so, had no idea yeah. about this. Yeah, well, I'm not a tax expert, but right, this uh, isn't tax advice. Just like this isn't yeah. an investment yeah. advice, consult your right whatever tax wash. Yeah, tax yeah. wash sale. So, okay, tax so wash sale. Yeah, I was unfamiliar with that. So you have, let's just break this down. You have a, you know, a twenty percent loser or let's just say you've lost let, let's put it in dollar terms you you've lost ten thousand dollars on an investment yeah. in 2023 mm-hmm. and you're like all right i don't really think this is going much of anywhere i'm going to sell it realize your gains because taxes don't come into an effect until you realize your sure. gains this or unless unless the, or get losses unless they change some sort of rule about about doing about taxing unrealized gains um, if they if they do pass a, a rule where you're taxing unrealized gains, would they then allow you to to write off unrealized losses? I don't think so. <laughs> no, no, no. They never they never like make it uh, also good for you. Uh, you know, it's all right. about taking. Um, okay, so yeah, so, so ten thousand. So you lose ten thousand dollars on a stock. You sell it. You can you can write off, so to speak that as a loss against presumably you have winners so so say another stock you made twenty thousand on so then that lowers your what you're going to be taxed on by By 10 grand by 10 grand um but if you bought that stock that you bought you buy it within 30 days of the new year or when you sold it of the well um so what if you sold it in october uh well, I know no, you're no, not no, a tax. No, that, yeah, then, uh, yeah, then. Oh, then it would. There would be more case, than thirty yeah, days. Yeah, then yeah, it'd be yeah. more than thirty days. Yeah, gotcha. It's just the people tend to send uh, sell closer to the new year. Yeah, these people who are going to run that scam, you know, of like I take the tax loss and then I rebuy, thinking that it's you know it's still a good price for the stock. And yeah, then write it up again. So gotcha. Um, okay. You know, I mean, it's not a crime unless you don't, uh, like, unless you don't reflect that in your taxes and let right. the IRS figure it out for you. So in, the, in right. that case, you'll probably get fined. Gotcha. We're okay. not experts here. We're just uh, no. Your, but I was I was not familiar. I don't think I have ever done that personally. Um, but it is something to be considered as it comes to the end of the year. You're like, uh, all right, well, I'll sell this off and yeah, and take the you know take the write down on it and then maybe invest later. So as long as you wait 30 days, you're not going to be a, a tax wash victim. Well, you know, I guess. or you just don't take the deduction. So that's the other okay. option. Yeah. I don't know. Why would you do that? Why would you not take the take the deduction? Well, because you you broke the tax wash. Rule. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right. So that's interesting. Um, so turning to twenty twenty four, then. Yeah. The we had our predictions episode, so I don't want to rehash anything we discussed on that. But, um, what are we looking at for for positioning in here? I know we got nuclear. I know we got um, lithium. It was uh, a big so topic adding, last time. Yeah, I mean, do, uh, I mean, nothing has really changed there uh, with nuclear. There's there's a lot of good catalysts coming up. Uh, spe- one of them being specifically that we're getting off of uh, Russia as a source of uranium in the next that, four years. Is that the mega megawatts program or whatever? Um, where well, we buy I mean, their? I think that ended that ended, that ended a while, a while ago. ago. Okay. Yeah, this is just you know this is just you know standard standard mining trade so we're you know for obvious diplomatic reasons we're getting off of that so um the u.s is going to have to there make up for uh, a good bit of refining practice and so we've got um 
already actually in the crow's nest portfolio uh brand new edition i'm not going to mention anything but um uh all subscribers only yeah okay subscribers only so um this is good this is the first the first new uh, uranium refining operation to open in the u.s in almost 70 years so it's kind of a big deal and hopefully it'll it'll mark a new trend right so there's that um Lithium, you know, it's still super cheap, so uh, I think it's going to keep growing for a while, at least until the end of the decade. Uh, we're probably going to have a pretty strong lithium market for a number of catalysts. I don't think we need to get into everything, but, you know, everything from your phone to your car. Right. In between. Yeah, I think people are pretty well familiar with that story these right. days is that batteries are run the, run the world. Right. Um, they're adding new and better batteries everything's electric these days um and uh lithium is the main component for right. a lot of these for batteries. better or for worse and it's been under fire a lot um, literally no pun intended yeah but yeah um yeah now let, let's talk about that for a sec is that is that still going on because i mean we we've talked about a the the fire mishap we had at our old office with the yeah. hoverboard with the basically exploding but mm. I mean, these are serious things that are happening in big cities you know lithium battery fires like burning down apartment buildings and stuff like that yeah i mean it's usually first of all they're not that common i think like in new york it's uh, they got up to something like five per week like that was that was i mean you know it's a city of how many millions of people and right something like twenty five thousand uh e-scooters and a lot of these e-scooters are being serviced by people who don't have licenses, you know, and the batteries are refurbished and they're refurbished cheaply. And it's all right. just like a tertiary market out there. And so those are the ones that are catching fire most often. Or is the one in our office is just shoddy, you know, cheap manufacturer. So yeah. I think that's becoming less and less common. And when it comes to – like I don't, I don't know how phones aren't going up in flames like, you know – 50 times a day across the U.S. I just don't understand it. If lithium was dangerous at all, that's what we would be seeing. Right. Because there's so many goddamn phones. You know, there'd be planes falling out of the sky <laughs> constantly if lithium was that big of a problem. But that's not happening. So it's really, um, it's it's a bunch of headlines. Yeah. And it's a crappy argument against it. I think that the arguments against it are, you know, if there's a better option or not. That's really it. That, yeah. That's it. And, and, you know, the market has to decide that. And there are options that are kind of coming around. Um, we kind of touched on this before, vanadium. That's something cool right now that um, we're going to be focusing on in 2024. And so... What, what exactly is vanadium? Uh, vanadium is a metal. And so... Um, this battery is called the vanadium flow battery, and I'm not even going to try to get into the science behind it because I barely understand it. But uh, I understand I understand the end result, and the end result is you get a battery that has absolutely zero um, electrolyte fire risk. So that just it's it's physically impossible because it's a water based. So that's that's a huge thing that you know will calm all the lithium fire uh, fanatic uh, critics out there. Um, and uh, actually, there's a really cool chart that uh, I gave to Sarah. Uh, if uh, you could put it up on the screen, this shows the economy of the vanadium battery versus the lithium battery. So over the course of a vanadium battery lifetime, which is something like 25 years, it delivers four times as many kilowatt hours of energy back to the user overall because the lithium batteries fail 
much quicker um, and you know they're better initially but their lifespan is you know what their lifespan is you know just based on when your phone starts to become crappy at charging you know it's right three or, three or four years several hundred charge cycles vanadium batteries uh, have charge cycle life expectancy into the thousands like into the tens of thousands and maybe even hundreds of thousands it's just not a limiting factor at all the problem with vanadium batteries is that their energy density is low so low that you wouldn't be able to really conveniently carry one around in your pocket and it would make electric cars way too heavy so their main application is large-scale energy storage right so like it, renewables essentially that so that makes sense like these industrial like an industrial huge, battery huge batteries with a lifespan that reflects a lifespan of whatever resource is powering it you know which is 25 30 years so okay interesting that huge makes market for that you know? yeah that uh, of course the i i think that's always been kind of the knock on renewables and the scalability is like hey um you know, wind and solar. So it's, you know, the sun's not out at night. And, you know, what do you do when the wind is not blowing? Sure. Um, and you need to sort of capture and store that energy for later use. Yeah. Um, and so you're you're saying vanadium batteries sort of addresses that. Because if they last longer, because you also don't, you know what I mean? You don't want to have these massive batteries out there that are uh, presumably expensive to install and create and have them run out. Right, yeah. So that is one of the issues is that their initial cost of uh, initiation, their their cost of initiation is higher. And so uh, vanadium is more expensive to mine, but because it lasts so much longer uh, over the, in the long run, there's really no comparison. It's superior to lithium and it's an infrastructural investment, right? Like we have power grid problems in this country. And these gigantic batteries, their power grid support, you know, like they take they take the load off of the power grid to an extent by creating these sort of isolated, distributed energy storage mm -hmm. centers. And so, yeah, the market for that is huge. Hopefully there's going to be a lot of federal investment and stuff like that. But vanadium is the way to go and it's the way to make it last long. And so um, I found a nice company. Uh, or uh, this is Microcap Insider, a nice company that kind of captures uh, the essence of all this. They they produce these batteries. Okay, so they're a battery million, producer. Yeah, Ninety million dollar company, so it's already getting to the point where it's can be called stable. But uh, okay, yeah. is that a is that officially a microcap or a or what you call it's it? Still a, a nano, microcap. Well, nano cap. Uh, no, it's definitely not a nano cap. It's a microcap. Okay, microcap, <laughs> almost almost halfway to small cap. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so you want to get in before it's uh, before it becomes a small cap. Uh, yeah, that's where all the money is made. You know. Okay. I mean, you know, that's where all, we were just talking about this. Whoops, sorry. You know, people who are buying because the price is going up. No, you buy it when the price is low. Yeah. You, you you sit back and bask in the euphoria of the price exploding when you already own it. That's, right. That's what you should be doing. It, it it seems simple, but yet again we're here talking about buy low sell high it's the most fundamental buy before the the hype and news cycle sell you know the whole sell the news aspect buy of it buy when people are terrified to buy buy right. when they're panic selling it is uh it is very hard to do right there's like the um it, it's just 
you're like everybody else is doing this. I, I should be doing it. So you follow, you follow the crowd. It's hard, but it's simple though. Yeah. All it takes is to remember. You know, when there's blood in the streets, you know that quote, the famous quote: "When there's blood in the streets, even if it's yours, that's when you, that's when you buy. Yeah. That's when you back up the truck, as they say. Nobody knows what that actually means." But well, you back up the truck and you, uh, and you load up It's the old stuff. joke. You yeah. unload. You unload. You unload? Yeah. If you're backing yeah. the truck up when you're making a big investment, it means you're kind of dumping all the cash into okay, something. Okay, so tr- the cash is in the truck, and you're backing yeah, yeah, the yeah. truck up, and you're dumping the cash, and you're, and you're buying the stock. Or is are that... you loading up with stock? That's what I thought. I thought you oh, back up the truck. Fuck. That makes and then more you put sense. It... Okay. It's more direct. All right. We'll have to we'll have to get to the bottom of this. Um, all right, so vanadium. Yeah. All right, so this is a battery a battery manufacturer. So they, these make, guys, they actually produce. They actually pro- but are they they aren't mining the vanadium? No, 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 no. How do you even do you like how do you even find vanadium? Like what kind I mean, of is it is it same, similar like, to lithium? Hard hard mining is the primary the primary um, the primary method of, of you know just like lithium, just like any metal. It's hard mining. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's uh, you know there are other ways. Like direct extraction, which we can also talk about if okay. you want to, but we, you know, if if you want to, but um, anyway, vanadium uh, primarily hard mine. The process, the problem with vanadium um, is that there's a huge demand for it elsewhere, and one of those, um, one of those markets is steel refining, and so if you need it to refine steel, um, the supply is going to be obviously limited, so. Right, um, you're going to need uh, a new source to uh, well, how to cover something like a battery revolution. Right. So I'm just curious because I don't even know where you find. Like I'm very, I, I shouldn't say I'm very familiar with lithium, mm. but vanadium is not something you. Just... We can uh, we can we can cover the nature of vanadium in the series of editorials. Okay. You know. Yeah. Um, I like that. Yeah, because I think that this is a good, this is a good big idea. I think generally. Right. So, so. You know, it could be, it could be a medium cap company also. Right. Okay. I, I I'll I'll look forward to that. Um, so extraction. Um, I know we we talked about this briefly. Um, is vanadium vanadium something that will be extracted using this direct? Extraction. Well, I haven't heard about that yet because they're, right. they're just getting into direct lithium extraction. And right. It's been, you know, kind of a huge. And so the and the idea around that is they're basically extracting it from the brine yeah. that they're using for any number of things, geothermal or fracking. Uh, fracking. 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 Uh, so those those huge uh, brine pools that you see, if you ever look at uh, you know photos of a fracking operation, those huge pools that you see, they just basically put a facility next to it and then they pump the water through it, and. Uh, they they extract the lithium directly from that from that solution. Um, it's taken a really really long time for some reason to perfect the filtration method and make it economical. But they're doing it now at like three to four thousand dollars a ton. And so lithium, even though prices have collapsed, even you know they're down to like nineteen twenty thousand dollars a ton now, it's still hugely profitable to to do direct lithium extraction, right. and it gives. Pretty much any oil and gas company sort of an immediate uh, sort of side hustle, you know, like they can they can put one of these facilities on any of their oil and gas producing properties, and boom, you know, suddenly they're making lithium. Right. So they're playing both sides of the of the carbon slash decarbon. And they're and they're just partnering with these companies that 
it was just like, hey, we have this resource license. come in yeah, or yeah. license the yeah. technology yeah, or like whatever. Franchise, I know some kind of yeah, that kind of relationship yeah. where they. So they're not like, like buying these, you know, uh, the technology and like building their own facility no, using no, it. It's no. just this other company comes yeah. in and extracts out the lithium, yeah. and they get a they get a cut because it's like. There. Well, uh, the, I I cannot say anything specific about uh, any of those kinds of details, but mm. and I don't know actually, I don't know any of them. But um, if I did, I don't think I'd be able to say any of that um, anyway. But. That's the idea, you know, some kind of mutually beneficial setup where somebody makes royalties, somebody does the work. Gotcha. So. All right. That sounds very interesting. And so that's is – is it being deployed at all yet? There um, is a pilot program in place. Okay. It's making uh, lithium. Okay. Um, and so, so now it's, it's just a matter of scaling. And, uh, you know, I think it's a super exciting um, – Super exciting company. They keep a low profile. They don't do a lot of kind of senseless headlines, which I see a lot of companies in their positions do. I mean, you know how it is. It's still a Canadian company. so. But they're actually pretty discreet, and uh, I appreciate that. So um, if you want to check it out, uh, we call it black lithium because it's a, sort of an oil-derived lithium. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a microcap insider. It is a microcap right. insider. All right, we'll post the we'll post the link below for people to check that out. Um, so, vanadium, lithium. Yeah. What else we got? We got to go with three. There has to be a third third uh, trend. That's, I mean, I that's guess coming down. I guess we can we can throw graphene in there. Uh, that's kind of the obvious choice. It, yeah, I have. Uh, I sent this to you. There's a lot of interest in yeah, I know. your your I know. graphene. Uh, I know you know explanation i guess it's coming around but what's interesting about this and i don't know if you are familiar with this but a lot of people are saying that there's graphene like they think that people are being poisoned by graphene is there something to this are they confused is this a conspiracy theory i think that when you know you've made it when people like that start start saying shit like that about you yeah so graphene has arrived Graphene is arrived because yeah. people say it's dangerous. Yeah, yeah, because you get. Uh, I mean, I don't understand. I how I haven't. Uh, who who's been saying this? I don't know. Just com- comments on the internet. Uh, just some random. Yeah, some yeah just random. On. Yeah, just random people on the internet. Uh, I mean, I <laughs> I think it's. I think it means it's mainstream. Yeah, you know? of course. And so the main. I mean, the main application I think that you've been investigating is is utilizing it in batteries. Is that correct? Batteries, batteries. but I mean, it sounds like. There's a lot of cool shit you can do well, with it. Well, the company that uh, I was covering for the batteries, batteries is just one of their products. They actually make graphene, and I think that their main product is actually the graphene production method that they've come up with because uh, before it cost like – it was like $3,200 um, an ounce to produce, which was like twice as much as gold at the time back in like the, the mid-2010s. So it was super expensive, right? But now it's um, – it's made, uh, they have a process where they just take electricity and natural gas and they do something magical to it. <laughs> and they get some of like the highest quality graphene that there right. is out of it. And um, they make graphene powders for various uh, commercial applications and they make batteries and they make graphene coating. And yeah. they can probably make graphene for anything really. So still a great company. Um, and it's, it's kind of declined a little bit over the last uh, several months but it's still totally valid and uh, yeah that it, one. it's a very interesting cuz you you hear 
it coming out more and more um, just because of the properties that it's had. And there's even, you know, I think it some of these material sciences get wrapped in with, uh, you know, quote unquote UFO technology or like recovered, you know, uh, I mean, craft yeah. that might have sort of exotic materials. Yeah. And, you know, so some people, I mean, is there a, is there, <laughs> is there a main application that is sort of the holy grail for graphene? Or is it really just like um, think, this magic uh, mineral no, that, I mean, because they say it's like strong, like it's super strong. Well, the thing is it's super um, adaptable. You can do almost anything with it based on how you layer it. Uh, this stuff is produced in a single molecule thick layers, which means that the way the way you layer it or weave it, or it, it gives you- Different I mean, properties. Yeah, and so what's the holy grail? I mean, uh, I don't know, like cars, airplanes, anything right. really, because it'll be lighter, stronger. Which means that in car accidents, you know, your car will weigh half as much. So um, that's half as much energy during a car accident that gets transferred into whatever you're hitting, right? So that, that automatically makes them superior for safety. Uh, it takes less energy to accelerate them. takes less energy to brake. Uh, same thing for airplanes. You know, imagine an airplane that's one-third the weight that it is with aluminum. Right. So, But um, it's stronger. But stronger, yeah. Yeah, so, it almost doesn't make sense, well, right? Just, I mean, it's, you know, aluminum is a natural. It's a natural element. This is something that's completely created by man, and uh, it's engineered to do whatever we want with it. And so I think it's kind of, it makes a little bit of sense. Um, I don't know what they're going to achieve with it, but uh, yeah. I think it's it's cool that, you know, they're semiconductors, and there's a potential to make computers, like, five times faster Yeah, because they cool, you know, just cooling with graphene, uh, that alone just changes the ball game for chip design. It's, it's pretty intense. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I've been, yeah, I mean, we've been following the, the graphene story for a while, yeah. and it always feels like, okay, next year, like, the graphene's going to be in. <laughs> Look, it's but, but they're actually producing this stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty mainstream, you know? Like, it's, uh, it's so cheap now. Like I said, they... Um, this Australian company, and they're not alone. Uh, they're they're producing it for. I mean, it's like orders of magnitude less than before, and uh, cheap enough to make industrial coatings. Mm -hmm. So in a couple of years, they're gonna have like graphene sneakers, probably. And, you know. All right, I like that. This is actually a good something that I've wondered, and I know a lot of our subscribers are always interested. A lot of the companies that you recommend. You said that one's Australian, the other one's mm. a Canadian. Yeah. They aren't necessarily your typical, um, you know, NASDAQ or New York Stock Exchange companies. Well, no, I mean, yeah, they're microcaps. They're microcaps. So. And so how hard, how much more hoops do you have to go through to buy these? No, no, no more hoops. No um, more hoops. This, this company, the, the Australian company, is first of all it's like a 150 million dollar market cap now so it's it's pretty serious uh, you know in size it's not just you know like some some joke stock um it's for real um but it's it's trading in canada um despite being australian uh, it's trading right. in canada and it's trading in the u.s on the otc which means you can buy um you know any any online brokerage that you would use to buy any other stock okay 
No more hoops. No more hoops. Yeah. Excellent. Um, all right. I think uh, that about wraps it up. Is right there uh, is there anything else you want our readers or subscribers to know? Uh, no, I mean they can. I tune, mean, they can they can tune in and they can tune in. You have recently uh, taken over the crow's nest. I have, yeah. I'm very very excited about that. You know, I get to look at companies that are in the next stage of development after the ones covered in Microcap Insider. So we kind of pick up at the 200 million plus dollar valuation range, and then all the way up to whoops, sorry about that, all the way up to like two billion ish, and. Uh, which is also a great spot because this is for people who prefer their stocks a little bit de-risked, but still with plenty of upside potential. Right. It's always been good because you've definitely, and we've talked about this before, you definitely focused on high risk, high reward yep, investments. Have, yeah. I'm getting older. You know. it, it, what does that have to do with it? I, you know, you're kind of getting more a little... Just, I thought you get less risky as you get older. Well, yeah. Well, the the gross nest is less risky. Okay, gotcha. That's what I'm talking about. I gotcha. So you're getting older, so you're going to focus on more stable companies bit, yeah. in the crow's nest, and then you're still going to have your your other sort of high flyers. Yeah, I'm in, probably in, have those in the microcap insider. Yeah. And um, yeah, we've talked about this before, but you know, portfolio allocation in this realm is important, right? Because you talk about, hey, this graphene company or this, you know, vanadium battery manufacturer, mm-hmm. you know, those are the, the ones you focus on in the Microcap Insider. That's not to say you should be putting, you know, 100% I mean, of your... You can do whatever you want. You know? <laughs> um, I guess, yeah, you can, look, right? I've, I've taken huge risks on single, really unstable, as you call them, companies uh, before. Um, and I wouldn't I, call them unstable. It's, well, uh, you know, less stable than the ones that are, you know, much, much bigger. <laughs> right. About that. Um, and it's uh, really uh, kind of not for everybody to do that. Uh, you have to figure out what you want. We're not here to advise you on asset allocation. I think the natural thing to do uh, for most people would be to minimize your exposure to those small stocks just to as much as you can stand to lose on them. That's it. Just be, just expect that outcome, and you'll always uh, be happy in the end. Right. Yes. You know exactly. Saying? Never invest more than you can afford yeah. to lose. Yeah. And then I think that pretty much goes for anything, right? Although, you know, people have retirement accounts and and all that kind of stuff that they might have, you know, invested in a in a, I don't know, a mutual fund or, or something like that. But if you're playing with these nano cap or micro cap stocks, um, it shouldn't be with money that you're counting on for your. Right. Yeah. I mean that, yeah, that's not, that, that, w- that doesn't sound like good decision making to me. No, it doesn't, but it's incredible that we have to even say that. Why are we saying people. that? Like, is that, has that been coming up or something? No, I just, you know, I, all right. Well, just want to be aware. Okay. I just want people to be aware. No, I mean, uh, <laughs> look, we're not giving advice here. Just you know, you know when you're doing something stupid. I think everybody, everybody gets that little twinge of adrenaline, you know, that's exciting at the same time. But that excitement is not going to be worth it, and that's when it becomes dumb. Yeah. As soon as you pay more than, uh, you know, you get back. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> we went off on a tangent there. All right. I agree. Um, I think we're just about done. 
All right. And uh, thanks again for coming on. And we'll link to how you can join Alex's services, the Crow's Nest, Microcrap Insider, and there also is the First Call, there which is, is your there is a super – the elite, super, super elite, super elite. That's a whole different subject. We yeah, can't, we can't get into that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. yeah. So, all right. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Definitely comment too, and because um, we really like, I really enjoy reading the comments. And right. Well, you're not the one getting insulted ever. <laughs> it's always That's the guy not true. Not true. Me. Not true. Um, all right. Thank you.